Hi, I'm Lisa Collins, and welcome to today's edition of Real Christianity with your Bible teacher, attorney, Mosley Collins. Mosley is joined today by a special guest, Dr. Donald Partridge, an expert in helping divorced parents and stepfamilies. There is hardly one family within the hearing of my voice that has not been injured by divorce one way or another. And sometimes it seems the hurting just won't stop. Mosley and Dawn have a message of hope and healing. It's a new way to live in a world scarred by divorce. And now here is your teacher and my husband, Mosley Collins, with his guest, Dr. Donald Partridge. Thank you, my darling, and welcome, my listeners, to today's edition of Real Christianity. And I am joined here by Dr. Donald Partridge. Hello, Don. Hi, Mosley. And we're in a series right now on how to raise healthy kids. And we started uh, last, uh, last program talking about how to raise kids if you have control of them. Now, we recognize that sometimes you have shared control and sometimes you have almost no control at all. Yes. But here's a message for people who have control of their kids. Either it could be a nuclear family. Yes. It could be, you know, you're happily married and these are your kids. Yes. Or it could be uh, you're divorced, but you have the kids almost all the time mm-hmm. so you can control their lives. And we had um, three suggestions. Um, actually, backing up just a little bit more, there were three priorities, Don. Yes. The first priority was school. Yes. The second priority is our house. Yes. Helping take care of it. And the third priority is the kids having fun. Yes. So you have to, you have to, um, if you're going to tell your kids, listen, you have to have your school handled, doing a good job in school. Yes. You have to have your home, your housework done. Yes. Because you're going to contribute. You're not, you know, living here. Uh, your mom and I are not your uh, servants. Personal slaves, right? <laughs> You're <laughs> a contributor to the house. <laughs> right. And then if you have that handled, then you can, you know, go to the mall or whatever yeah, you want yeah, to. Yeah, you you're, you're off on your own. But yeah. we have to fulfill our responsibilities first. Yeah. And then we had three suggestions for how to help kids. Because the question is, well, how some kids don't do well in school. Some kids hate school. How do we raise our kids starting when they're, you know, like five through high school and maybe even junior college. Yes. How do we treat them so that they actually have a positive experience at school? Boy, that's critical. That's critical to have a positive experience. Yeah. So, you know, they enjoy school and they see it as a benefit and a blessing. Yes. And we had three things. Number one, in the morning, the kids must be rested. Yes. In the morning, the kids must be well fed. Yes. In the morning, the kids must be prepared for whatever uh, school is going to require them that day. Yes. That was that was our rule. I, I got to tell you something, Mosley. Probably the biggest fight people might have with their kids are bedtimes and waking them up. Yeah. They, they all want to stay up later stay up than they late, should, and, and they all want to sleep in. in. Yeah. That is, <laughs> I mean, that that's where you got to build your mountain. And w- w- what mountain do you die on? And you simply say, this is a non-negotiable. You must, I mean, what we try to do is about eight o'clock at night, you start shutting down all the electronics and, and, and all the game shows and all the stuff, you know, and all the video games and everything. You start, and the house starts getting more and more quiet and we start going to bed. I mean, uh, children need their sleep. And that is a, a not, no one talks about that in child raising. But you gotta have kids 
that are well rested. Well, how about the kids? You know, they've got their own bedroom, they've got their own television, they've got maybe their video game in there, they got their computer. Yeah. And, you know, you walk by at uh, 11 o'clock at night on the way to bed, and guess what? You hear things going on in there. You know, I hear, I, I used to hear, and uh, we stopped it quickly, I used to hear my daughter's phone going off at 4 in the morning because, oh uh, because she'd been texted. Something's, you know, something's happening. So she'll wake up and start texting and things. I'm telling you that'll, that'll crucify her next day. Yeah. And, and she, we cannot <clears throat> afford to do that. And so what we're trying to do is bring our children joy. And we're trying to br- bring ourselves joy. And, and success. And the way to do that is that they're well-fed, well-rested, well-fed, and prepared for that day. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you know, my listener, we always try and bring you uh, ideas from the Bible. These are not just Don and I's ideas. So let me show you where the Bible talks about this uh, many places, but I just have in front of me Psalms 127, verse 2. And the Bible says, It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for because he gives his beloved sleep. He gives his beloved sleep. God wants us to sleep. It's a discipline that God wants us to undergo and what health will come out of that. You know what I'm thinking of, Don? God gave the people manna and in the Old Testament. And you could go out and you could gather. He just said, go out and gather enough for a day. And the next day you'd gather more. And some people tried to gather more than one day. Yes. And it spoiled because he wanted them to understand every day you've got to go gather manna. Except on Saturday, or the day before the Sabbath at least, yes. it lasted two days. But here, you know, people think, I really don't need sleep. Yes, you do. God wants you to sleep. Yes. It's like the manna. You, you can't get ahead by, by, by sleeping four hours a night. No. You'll be sick eventually for the length of time you should have been sleeping. You'll start hating school. You'll start hating uh, responsibilities. You'll start hating your parents saying, I need you to do this around the house because you're tired. I just, just leave me alone. I'm just having a, a tough day today. You know why you're having a tough day? Because you're not rested and you're not well fed. I'm, I got to tell you something, Mosley. It, it sounds so simplistic. And, li- and God has made life so simple. But you know, we get, we get off onto so many other things and everything gets convoluted and muddy. Very simple. Your kids have sleep, they're fed, and they're prepared. Yeah. I'm telling you, if we can set forth those, that model of habitual behavior early, your children are going to have an enjoyable life. Yeah. And you're going to have an enjoyable life in your home. My father, <clears throat> and God bless him, he's no longer with us, but he used to talk about how he only needed four hours of sleep a night. And I've heard people say that to me. Yeah. But I really believe that almost every human being ever walked the face of the earth needs eight hours of sleep. At least, yeah, yeah. Well, and children, 10 hours, and yeah. so, yeah. So it's a, a ma- what we're saying is, this is a hill we are gonna die on. That's right. Is well-rested, yeah. well-fed, prepared for the next day. Last, last night, I was with my daughter and her husband, and we, my, my wife and I went over, and we, we cooked dinner, and we had a great dinner time. But you know, 7.30, 7.45, do you know what happened? My daughter said to, to her daughters, one is a seventh grader, the other is a fifth grader, and said, okay, time to get showers. And those kids went up, and they just, 
it was like this has been going on their whole life. They just sprung right. up, they went up, and they took their showers. And I didn't even say goodbye to them. I missed them because they were taking showers. <laughs> and they were getting ready. You know what it is? It's ready for the night. And yeah. so we're going to take showers. Uh-huh. We're going to we're going to put our uh-huh. stuff together, and we're going to go to bed tonight. You know what my wife does is she starts turning down the lights in our house. That's right. You know, turn down those bright lights, and and you're you're slowing down, and you know you start ready. slowing down. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, here's another Bible scripture. Uh, and we're, what we're talking about is, is helping children be diligent and excel in their work at school because they're, they've had enough sleep, they've had enough food, and they're prepared for that day. And here's what the Bible says, Proverbs 22, verse 29. Do you see a person who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. What that means is a person who is diligent in his work, as we're trying to train our children to be, they will excel. They will be promoted. They will go to the top of the organization someday. They won't be, you know, left behind, passed over. Yes. Because they're diligent in their work. Because what we train them to do as five-year-olds, as 15-year-olds, is to be well-rested, well-fed, and prepared, that is going to happen. When they're 35, that's what they're going to be doing at job. What what we want our children to do is enjoy their life while they're working. To yeah. to not separate that to say, oh, I've got to do all these responsibilities, and then I'm going to go out and have fun. But to m- co-mingle those. Imagine a child working and enjoying it. Imagine working and doing school. Now, sometimes school's tough. Certainly it is. But to enjoy the results of it, to enjoy the results of a of a responsibilities around the house, enjoy the res- results of themselves being clean and courteous and, and in self-control, enjoying that. Imagine a child enjoying their work. Mostly, they will stand before kings. Yeah. Be- but what is our society doing today? They're, they're, th- it's a disconnect between schoolwork, between work around the house, and having fun. Yes. And what we want to do is alter that. And yeah. there's ways to do that, and we'd like to talk about those now. Okay, let's yeah. do it. Okay. When your children do homework, particularly when they're younger, I'm asking, this is what I did, is sit with them. Either you read your book or you do something on your computer or you, but you say to the children, when you work, sweetie, it's going to, daddy and mommy are going to work too. Now, sometimes you have to prepare dinner or something like that while they're doing homework. I understand. But if, if you're working while they're working, they're in the kitchen table doing homework or you're doing around the kitchen. I mean, everyone works together. I mean, as opposed to. Um, the mom and dad going and watching a great TV program. And then the kid has to go work. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Everybody works together. When we are, when, when it's time to mow the lawns, when, when it's time to do stuff around the house, we all try to do things around the house. We all, now with sports games and everything like that, we had difficulty with that, but we all got the idea that we work and we enjoy it. And so we did it together. That sounds um, like leading by example. Well, it is, and <laughs> and and it was it was something. My children would say to me, they, they, "Okay, well, you need to sit down. They're eight years old, nine years old. You need to do these little problems, you know, math problems." Well, I'll do it if you sit by me, and I said, "You know, I'll sit by you." And mostly, what I did is I gave my children time. I sat with them. Yeah, your time. And I gave my time mm-hmm. away to those children. Now they're seeing. 
that that that's a priority. Mm-hmm. Dad's giving us time instead of me going off and doing something. Say you gotta go do this. Mm-hmm. That's a disconnect. We're not training mm-hmm. our children correctly, but we're saying it's a priority. Your school so much a priority for me. I'll sit with you. I'll read your papers. I'll go over your stuff. I'll help correct the things. Now sometimes the kids don't want you to do that, but I mean, <laughs> you what you do is you involve yourself with them and to the point where they see that it's a priority. Yeah, and you also in the last program we we said if they. Um, have a 3.0 average or better, a B average or better, you loosen up on them. Absolutely. Now, as little kids, I spent a lot of time with them in school, mm-hmm. and I established that. But then as they got older, I can let them go and be uh, doing homework on their own. i check it out. But if they maintained, a, and after a while, they start becoming teenagers, Dad, leave me alone. I'll leave you alone if you maintain a good average, a B average, 3.0, and which they did. Most everyone did. And we just had a great relationship yeah. in high school with that. Well, it's, it's all about laying a foundation, setting out expectations gently. And as, as they grow older, um, you know, the, the, the blessing of it comes to them. Yes, it does. <laughs> Another th- part of school that is, I think, is just as important as school, and that is the school sports after school activities, I'm telling whether it's in the city sports or the school sports, I kind of put that all under the same part of school. And so what I want my kids to do is I want them to enjoy school, be prepared for school. And then at night, I want them to be run to death. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning the afternoon? <laughs> Late afternoon. I want them to be out in sports. I There's no greater joy than to see my sons barely be able to crawl into the front door after football training. I mean, after football football practice or baseball or something, they're tired and they're coming in, they're hungry. And it, it's wonderful to see our kids worn out. And what is happening today is our kids are, are starting to become couch potato, video game type things, although we're really into video games around our house too. But we want them to do an actual physical sport. Yeah. And so if they could do that too as well, that helps them build also character and responsibility mm-hmm. too. Everything we do is around building character mm-hmm. responsibility. Well, here's an old, old story. But my wife, Lisa, who you guys hear on the air every day, she was so focused on a couple things. One is music lessons for the kids. Yes. Oh, and they don't always want to go. Yeah. But now today... Uh, Lindsay and Bart, great musicians, and what a joy that is for them. Yeah, to to explore different areas, and we we had our kids go through all sorts of different sports, different music instruments. Uh, we're not that musical in our family, but we are very sports minded. What we do is we 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 uh, invite our children to be exposed to many different things, and then they and we pray that they catch something. That yeah. they own something. Right. My one kid owned baseball. Another kid loved soccer. Soccer. Another kid owned, believe it or not, uh, uh, education. <laughs> you know, they got off into into schoolwork. Yeah. And so, what we want the kid to do is to own something that yeah. they call their own. Right. Right. That, and that's what Lisa was attempting to do with the kids in in music is that they could own something and they have it as a skill in the future. Yes, and you know, fortunately in our family, Lisa had the time to take them to music lessons. That's always, sometimes can be a big problem. Big problem. But uh, she would take them, and of course this takes time, effort, money. I'll tell you something, Mosley, for 20 years, and I'm not joking, for 20 years of my life, uh, from 5 to 8 o'clock, I don't ever remember being home. 
because I was taking the kids. We had five kids. We'd taken them to soccer practice, to music. Life. I mean, we we were I was driving them around. We ate dinner later on at night together because we were so busy honoring the fact that these kids get all these sports behind them. The discipline of the sports is a wonderful thing. Yeah, you can learn a lot about life. And it really, you learn more when you lose the game than you win, I think. Yes. But these are all things we can do to help our kids. Yes. I hope you're enjoying today's edition of Real Christianity with attorney Mosley Collins and Dr. Donald Partridge. You can get a copy of today's message or purchase the entire series by going online to donaldpartridge.com. That's donaldpartridge.com. Now, let's get back to our message. Thank you, darling. Let's talk about uh, the home, the house, the jobs at home. That's right. The first priority is school. Everybody works. Everybody does a good job in their work. Period. That's what we do. And they're, and they're well-rested, they're well-fed, and they're prepared for that day. Now, now let's talk about the home life. Um, now, let me tell you how I ran my home life. And there's a couple of cool stories about this. Um, one thing is I wanted my children to be contributors in the house. And what I told them, because we had so many kids around our house. Oh, my gosh. And they're all our friends. You wouldn't believe the amount of kids coming through our house. Everybody had a day job. Uh, uh, what I mean is a, a, a small job around the house. Everybody had a small job. Everybody around the house before they went to bed at night. And that might be sweeping the front porch. That might be sweeping the back porch. That might be uh, sweeping the kitchen floor. That might be doing the dishes. I mean, that might be uh, cleaning the upstairs bed bathroom, whatever. But everybody Everybody had one small job they could do within seven, eight minutes. Everyone. Number, and what it did mostly is it built the attitude in them that they are contributors of the house. Right. I'm telling you, the seven and eight minute deal was something that was a, a, a powerful control in their lives. If I could get them to do a few minutes every day, it transformed their lives. They were home-focused they were contributors and partners to the house. Instead of them not working, it builds an attitude of entitlement, and you'll lose your kids if they're entitled. Yeah. Yeah, it's the difference between being, uh, you know, they're the lords of the house and you're the servants versus they are there to contribute and, and carry their, not maybe not their fair share, but yes. some. Some. If they could, and then at the, and every weekend, our children had one big job. Every weekend. One big job, and one big job may be um, uh, wiping down the kitchen floor. Uh, it may be uh, washing a car. That was a big popular one because we had three cars, and so we we you know we had three kids wash three cars, you know, and so or else one kid washing all three cars and not working again for a while, you know. I mean, we we had, but everybody had a big job, and and they had to do it through the sports programs and everything. And before you, they went to the mall and hung out with their friends, okay, you got you got this big job you got to yeah, do. What when a you, great when, what when, a great character builder that is in children. When are you going to do that? And so it, I had schedules written out, and everybody had different different schedules, and who does what when, and. I numbered all the jobs. I wrote down all the jobs in the house. I put a number to it, and I said, okay, Matt's going to have number six, Monday, number eight, 
Tuesday, number 14, number. I mean, the kids memorized the jobs according to the number. And they went, oh, I have number 17 tonight, you know. And so that might be some <laughs> dumb job, you know. But taking out the trash or something like that, that's part of the job. So that's what we did. Okay, number two, and let me just tell you this story here. And this is what we did. Now, I'm not asking everyone to do anyone to do what I what I'm going to propose you what we did, but this is an idea for you to think about. Okay. Well, actually, I got two things to say. Number one, here's what we did. We had our kids. They wanted $75 tennis shoes. They wanted you know $100 sweaters. They wanted special jeans. They wanted all this sort of stuff. And so what we did was this. This is how we handled it mostly. We gave every kid of ours in a savings account, in a savings account. Now, this is young teenagers. We gave them all $25 a week. And so $112 a month, each kid. That's about under $600 a month. We paid each kid. They had, and they went, and they, and I said, that's your shopping. That's your clothes. That's everything. For one twenty-five a month for, per kid. For uh, it's a that's about one hundred twelve a month because there's four point two or three yeah. weeks in a in a month. So it was it was that. And those kids, when they went to the mall, mostly, they were looking for sales. Uh-huh. They'd come home and they go, "Oh my!" You'd see one kid go, "Hey, guess what? There's sale of pennies for jeans," and all the kids would go run off to 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 pennies for another for wonderful jeans. character builder. It was a wonderful kid. Now. You don't have to do it to that extreme, but you can say, look, you guys go shopping. When you guys find stuff, let me know. I'll buy it if you don't want to give the money into the kids' hands. And my kids could not pay any money without me being there. And so, but they would go and they would shop and they knew they had that much money. Yeah, that is a great idea. And we're going to be back with the next program with more ideas on how to raise healthy kids. Hi, this is Dr. Donald Partridge. In addition to teaching real Christianity, my friend Mosley Collins is a personal injury attorney. He has a calling from God to help those who have been badly injured, and he has successfully done so for 30 years. If you or a loved one have been badly injured, you'll want to call Mosley Collins for help. He has won hundreds of injury cases, and he can win yours. There's never a fee until he wins your case. So call Mosley and his staff at 916-444-444. Four 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 four. Just remember all fours for legal help. Thanks, Don. Now it's my turn. Dr. Partridge is an authority on the needs of single parents, step families, and a new way to live in a world broken and scarred by divorce. But don't let what you have heard here today get away from you. I want you to have this series. So go to donaldpartridge.com. That's donaldpartridge.com to order this life-changing series of CDs today. If you have enjoyed this program, or if you would like Mosley and Dawn to speak to your group, call us at 916-444-4444. Now, here's a final word from Mosley. My dear listener, let me ask you a question. Have you prayed to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? I'm not asking you if you go to church or even if you call yourself a Christian, but have you prayed to receive Christ as your Savior? If you haven't, pray with me right now. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and be my Savior. Amen. If you sincerely prayed that simple prayer, just like I did 38 years ago, you are born again. 
and you have the gift of eternal life. Get in a good Bible-based church and listen here for the next edition of Real Christianity. From all of us here at Real Christianity, thank you for listening, and we pray that God will keep you and bless you. If you're pregnant and considering abortion, I have important news. I'm attorney Mosley Collins. Perhaps you know my phone number, 444-4444. In the past, I've spoken about personal injury accidents, but today I want to help you if you are pregnant and considering abortion. I know that's a scary spot to be in. So we've created a new organization called SaveYourBaby.org. If you call us, we have resources, medical care, housing, and more to help you save your baby. And it's all free. Many people now believe abortion is a bad choice. Even the woman who brought the original lawsuit legalizing abortion now believes she made a terrible mistake. I don't want you to make a terrible mistake. So I hope you call me at 444-4444. We will help you without charge. But in the end, it's up to you because only you can save your baby. 